Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello. hello! Hi! Welcome to Season 24, Episode 2 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Stork. I'm Joey. And if we're here, and if you're here... It must be Friday Night Happy Jacks. Woo-hoo! I suppose so. I mean, whenever you're listening to this or consuming this podcast, right. too. It could be Tuesday morning for all we know for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, tomorrow. This is Friday, by the way. We're saying this on Friday. so it if is? You're Friday the 15th of March. Right. So if <laughs> the you, eyes of month. If you uh, are hearing this and it's the 17th or later, it's too late. It's so too ignore late. what I'm about to say. Yes. I can open my beer with it. Um... <laughs> We're going to be playing tomorrow. Doors open at 7 p.m. at the Queen Mary. The Poxaboggers, Merry Wives of Windsor, Story Wrens, and Sportive Tricks are all going to be playing. We're in three separate salons on the ship. Uh, $25 at the door. QueenMary.com if you want information on it. Uh, we will be there. Uh, doors open at 7. They said they might open the doors a little early because sales have been good. Yeah. So, Yay! Uh... And I would get there early. Um, and that's that. Oh, in this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Steve from SoCal writes in about players and PC perceptions. Johnny sends us an email about classes in D&D. And Craig, who's hoodoo on the forum, asks about getting players to learn the rules. Good luck. Uh, but first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We have a forum. Happyjacksforum.com. Happyjacksforum.com. You can go there and talk shit about us. No. Well, yeah. We'll see you, but... Well, that's yeah. what the internet's for. It is. That's accurate. <laughs> Just ask Kimmy. Oh, right. Yeah. We're also, we're also on, on many of the social meteors. Mm-hmm. We're on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. And we're on Instagram. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. And MeWe. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. Yeah. Um, and you got a really cool thing on MeWe the other day. I was really someone surprised. Up, someone posted a picture of, of hey, C.A. Dave. If you're that someone, the, let us know who yeah. you are. Yeah, that was awesome. We yeah. would like to put that on the webpage, yeah, but I don't want to do that unless I know who the artist is and they give us permission to do Yeah, it. it's fantastic fan art. Super cool. So, yeah, thank you for that. We always love doing that. So if you do art for us, send us it, and we will put it on the website and but, credit you. Yeah, but we need your name. Yeah, we've right. had a couple of uh, great pieces of artwork over the past that uh, we can't put up because we don't know who did it. Yeah. So who did? Whoever did the vampire one with all of us in mm-hmm. the black and white drawing? Who are you? Because we want to credit you because that thing's amazing, mm-hmm. and no one's ever going to see it unless you tell us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry. All right, you, you were on. You were and also, business. we stream the show live. We go to happyjacks.org/live at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Fridays, and we stream the show. This show right now that you're watching or listening to, you can enjoy it live. And look at our faces in the Sorry. face. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and talk in the in the chat room. I would call it the troll room, but call it the scat it's room. It's not as trolly it's as nice. a lot of other, a lot no, of other chat rooms. Let's never call it the scat room. No. Never call the it the scat, scat room. room. No. Hard pass. Scat has another meaning too. It does? Yeah. yeah. Scatological humor. That I thought that was humor about jazz, vocal jazz. No, it's so? poopy. Poopy humor. Oh, it's not very good in humor? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We actually have a, an incredibly good community, we both do. on the yeah. forums yes. and on our in our chats and stuff, on all the different things. Like, that's actually one of the things people, like, say a lot, is, like, 
You know, a lot of like places online are, are toxic, and it's it, like especially for like Twitch and stuff. Like our community's the best. We love you guys. They are. Mm. You guys love. and girls and folks. I'm sorry. I'm trying to work on that. Good. Nothing to see here. Glossing over. Moving on. Yes. Clarifying player slash PC perceptions from Steven SoCal. <coughs> <coughs> All right. Happiest of Jackers and Jillers. Now, see, that's a new one. Mm. Jillers. Never heard of Jillers. <coughs> They're always so clever with their intros. Absolutely. Oh, oh did, now, did, did everyone everyone's seen the freaking butterflies, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Just so for the, the rest of the world doesn't know this, but the, there's a, a butterfly here called the Painted Lady Butterfly, mm-hmm. and it Spends its winter in de- California deserts, and unlike I guess most butterflies could only eat one or two varieties of plants. Every all the rest of the plants they they can't stand the toxins, but the painted lady butterfly can eat like a dozen different plants because it's from the desert. They're like it's like Mongols. They're they're like the fremen of butterflies. Right, exactly. They're tough ass things, and they just so we've had so much rain in the last. Two months. I, don't know, I have no idea how much, but it's been a shit. Forty days and forty nights. It's right, been a yes. minute. Yeah, I started building a boat in my backyard. Uh-huh. So, is that what that is? We, yes. Oh. At, and I'm making it out of dog poop. Scatological. I'm making it out of corpolites. Except they're you know not All right. finished. Yeah. Anyway, um, these butterflies had had this huge population growth because suddenly in the desert, all of these desert plants that they feed on have all just gone berserk because there's so much water. I guess last year, the population of these butterflies, they estimated it at like 50,000. Mm-hmm. This year, they're estimating it, estimating it at 1 billion. Yeah, it's they're calling it a mega swarm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, yeah. You're, as you're, I'm driving home from work, there's just bugs all oh. heading to the northeast. It's like, um, yeah, and it's like you feel like a, such a murderer because like no matter where you drive in LA right now, you are, you are hit a butterfly. you're killing butterflies oh, constantly yeah. the whole way there. It's like... And, Insane. The coolest part is right now they have an enormous amount of yellow gooey fat in their systems, mm-hmm. and that's they're born with that yeah. right when they become butterflies, <laughs> and they use and that's the energy they use to migrate. Yeah, because they will fly pretty much nonstop yeah. a long way. I yeah. mean, they'll go all the way up in Northern California, oh, right? Yeah. Till the birds eat, and they'll fl- and they'll they can fly at like twenty miles an hour, and they'll fly for a couple days or something like that, mm-hmm. living off of this gooey yellow fat inside their systems, which is why if they hit your windshield, yeah. you get a big thing of gooey yellow fat. Yeah. And that's their food for the next day and a half. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> uh, although it has, I'm going to say, it has been delightful because they are also like all over all the schools and everything. Oh, yeah. And the kids in my school have been losing their minds, super excited. Like, we read the articles about them. Like, they are very invested in the butterflies now. They're very careful to chase them, but not touch them. Like, it's adorable, and it warms my heart every single day. Right. Uh, yeah, Master Vidar, monarch butterflies only eat milkweed. And yeah. That's, yeah. And I guess most butterflies will only eat one or two one, things, but yeah. these things can eat almost, not all, everything, but they can eat yeah. a lot of different It's an plants. invasion from the desert from, uh, yeah. from super tough butterflies. Yeah. And we will see another swarm of them in mm-hmm. the fall. Because they head back to the deserts, mm-hmm. and they breed along the way, so there's going to be a whole bunch of butterflies heading yeah. southeast. It's, it's the Happy Jacks Smithsonian Na- uh, National Geographic <laughs> yeah. Channel today. Wait, Our wait, entomology minutes. The, the xenobiologists. <laughs> yes! The Happy Jacks Society of Xenobiologists. Right. As was the Happy Jacks Association, Association of Xenologists. Bloody Spencer. <laughs> and those are all inside jokes from Exodus. So all right. <laughs> you don't listen to that AP, sorry. There you go. 
That can be found on our actual place. Yes. I hope this letter finds you well and enjoying the tastiest of desserts on this, the day of pie. That's actually yesterday. Yay! I offer this up entirely out of love for this geekiest of holidays and not at all as a timestamp to see how long it takes for the email to be read. Liar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apologies. Now, your question is going to be like, did Steve put that in just because I, I wrote that? Or it's like Schrodinger's email. Right. Did it did it get read because I put that I wasn't set timing it? Or would it have been read anyway? Or it's amazing. <coughs> uh, apologies to those listeners from non-US locations who don't get to celebrate Pi on 314. Because mm. they Right, it's backwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Weird ten month calendars. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> ten hour clocks. <laughs> All right. I'd like to bend your ear, or eye, in the case of the written communique, on the topic of player versus character assumptions and when it's useful to clarify them. As a case study, I'm going to use a couple discussions during the Ashes of Exodus episode 3 that I was just listening to. It's actually Exodus. Ashes of Exodus was the original campaign, but whatever. No matter. No worries. Note in advance, my interpretations of these interactions may be incorrect, but hopefully these examples still bear worthy discussion. Mm-hmm. In a couple instances, it seemed like different players had wildly different assumptions about the different topics and or were remembering different bits of information, but not clarifying and justifying uh, the justification for their actions. This seems to lead to increased character tension. <coughs> Sorry, Canada. <laughs> and at times may have been artificial. First example. When the group was arguing about the number of lurkers which had gathered and caused trouble. Uh, this is Dolan, when we were on Dolan's Peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spoilers, it, by the way. Yeah, It seems as if some of the players had forgotten that in the previous session there were tracking rolls and investigation which confirmed that there were only three of the creatures around. Some of the players seemed to remember this and thus kept speaking as if it were an absolute fact that there were only three, while other players seemed to be calling the fact into question, but neither player stopped for an out-of-character discussion on this disconnect. Do you think it is wise, as a GM or fellow player, to interject and remind people of previously gathered data and or ask people to explain why their character is doing certain things that seem unusual? Note, in this case, it was exacerbated, exacerbating the already established friction between Kimmy's conspiracy theorist and Pooja's skeptic. But at times, an out-of-character disconnect seemed to ramp up more than intended. I don't know if there was an out-of-character disconnect. No. It was... That was. Um, we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I really appreciate the reconciliation later in that episode. Yeah. Example: the second. It seemed clear to me that that Stu's intent with the Exodus Foundation was to be a trusted home for player characters, but at some point, it seemed pretty clear that most, perhaps all, of the players were viewing the Exodus Foundation with nearly as much distrust and animosity as they have for the heartless superpowers that the Exodus Foundation <laughs> was intended to counteract. As the GM, as a GM who's, who is seeing his or her creation being misunderstood, how do you step in and try? How much do you step in and try to correct that that misunderstanding? And how much do you just roll with it and say, "Why, yes, the Exodus Foundation really is a nefarious organization." Um, I now have more plot fodder that I didn't think of. End hmm. quote. Uh, example: the third, similar to above, but less soft concepty and more hard facty. A couple of times Uh-oh. so Uh-oh. far in the series, Stork as a, dun, has dun, made dun. has made <laughs> comments about the military slash government having ansibles, 
presumably allowing faster-than-light communication. While it has been stated at different times that such technology does not exist, and that communication only travels at light speed or via starships using the physical jump drive. Yeah, I keep pushing the envelope, hoping at one point he's going to crack. Nope. And we'll find out. <laughs> That's one of the conceits of the setting, is that yeah. is that communication travels at the speed of travel. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you, you could also use this kind of misunderstanding to either mold your universe such that the military really does FT, have FTL communication, but the public just doesn't know about it. You could also just take that and turn it into another conspiracy, i.e. Vesta thinks that the military has FTL communication. Insert, that's like... Oh, wait. Oh, no, wait. Man. No, there it is. I got it. I, yeah. Wait. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, oh, by the way, there's a there's a online company that's selling nothing but Big Lebowski... Um, Swag as oh. all companies should, uh, and some of it is amazing. Anyway. I don't want a big Lebowski bath bomb. Like that's not something I want. Yeah. Is it shaped yeah. like a ferret? A marmot? A marmot. <laughs> I suppose it I smells like a white Russian. It's like a marmot bath bomb. <laughs> yes, it smells like a white Russian. So it's like I'm sure and there's an audience for that product, and I am not that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I am not a the marmot one. shaped bath bomb. No, no, no. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there who want that. Not me. Sorry. Sorry. Nice marmot, man. <laughs> um, as it as as it might be evidenced by the long-winded email, I err on the side of voicing my assumptions whenever I think there might be misunderstandings. That's often overkill. Cheers and enjoy some pie. I did. Stephen from SoCal, mm-hmm. the grimace on the new, 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 new yeah. question mark forum. Yes. All right. All right. Can we just go through each example? Yeah. Let's order? go. Yeah. Sure. Sorry. Right. Example first. So we definitely were arguing about so that. Some of that, I think, was us remembering it differently. Um, but I think also, there was also a bit of, um, I know, at least on my part, like, my character's a truther. Like, they are like, no, there could be more out there. Like, that's definitely a part of my character. Mm-hmm. So thinking, even though there had been, like, an investigation role, like, well, yeah, but, like, people miss things. Like, it was sort of, like, my character's take on things. Like, yes, we thought there were only three, but there's a whole planet of these animals it's possible there were more around and maybe we just didn't find it like as a player character you're not uh, like you're not like well he rolled a you know a great success so i know i got all the information like my character like like i know that but riley my character doesn't know that so it's like maybe we missed something yeah i was in a similar boat i just assumed okay yeah we found our investigation rules showed that there was three that doesn't mean there can't be more out there right it's we found three. That it, I thought the exact same thing. And it wasn't coming from conspiracy plot. It was just like, it makes more sense that there could be more out there. Right. So that was my thought on it. Like, it wasn't a miscommunication or misunderstanding. It was, yes, we found three. That doesn't mean there isn't more. For the record, I, I, I'm in your camp as well. I had the same sort of thing, which is like, there's only three in the area, but there's a, the whole planet full of them. But, mm-hmm. but more to the point, because this is actually the question is... is now, let I me think, ask you a question. Did okay. I give the impression that there were only three? No, I don't think someone had, no, no, no. Okay, we, right. we, we knew there were more than that on the planet, but okay. there were, when we rolled, we got the answer that there were three involved. Three in this in vicinity. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Now, more to the point, which is, as a GM, and you're, you're you're pretty good at it, maybe inconsistent, but you're pretty good at it. When when we start getting off on misinformation, you go, okay, wait, 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 wait. Do you guys remember, or you guys seem to remember, or this has happened, or no, no, uh, I explained to you there were only three. I'm kind of reluctant to do that yeah. usually. Yeah, he And that's because do that. I'm. I, I, I don't want to spoil someone who's maybe playing their character in such a way that 
if they're disinterested about certain things, maybe they're just going going to approximate Mm-hmm. Their their memory. There's been times you know when I mean? we've had genuine misinformation, and yes. you have stepped yeah. in and said, "No, you're wrong." Yes. Remember, this all happened, right. and I I think that's important to keep players on track because a lot happens. Sometimes we just get caught up in the moments. Sometimes there's a long break, even two weeks right. at my age. Oh, it's a long break. It's a to- it's two totally different things. If you were the actual, yeah, well, if you were the actual people having this adventure, doing this stuff. You're gonna fucking remember that there's three of these big, huge, gargantuan things. Exactly. You're gonna know that, that exactly. I, that's where it's worth that, and I think it's up to the GM to say to them, and, 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 and at the moment, at some point, go, okay. I think you guys have wavered off of role playing and gotten into the point where you guys are actually arguing about misinformation. This and this and this and this are the facts. So right. I think it's also, I think it's also in the players. It's like if you actually don't remember, or if there's a disagreement about what the actual information was, then then we're like, hey, what was that? That GM, you know, mm-hmm. like ask for it. Um, because I also, I'm can, more comfortable with that. Yeah, I am too as a player because there are times like like my character's leading into like weird stuff in that game in particular, like. And especially, like, right now, it's kind of a, a thing I'm exploring with, with a lot of my characters, mm-hmm. is that they have specific memories or things they're really good at. I've been trying to play characters that are different than myself lately. So, like, when I was playing in Vault <clears throat> 818, I play a really dumb character. Like, super dumb. Like, really strong, really great. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> it is not character type. I'm practicing my poker face, yeah. can't you tell? <laughs> yeah, I get good at that. Keep rolling. <laughs> So Sue rolled a two I'm holding on a royal flush. Um, but, um, so, like, specifically with that character, like, I do dumb things that I think are dumb but make sense for that character. Mm-hmm. So, and that happens, I think, a lot in these conversations, um, especially with Pooja having a very different, like, her, her character is very cer- cerebral, very, like, what can I see? She's, like, an investigator. She's got all this background, and she's like, I only work with the information I know. I'm literally the opposite of that. Yeah. I'm like, I work with the theories, these things that I can't see. Like, So I think that really was the thing that fed into that more than like character misunderstanding. And I don't want to speak for Pooja's character, but I have a sneaking suspicion that she's kind of, her character is the conspiracy theorist because she's an ex-spook, you know, or, or not even, maybe even ex, I don't know. So she's, she... She knows the double dealings and the dirty plays that goes on with corporations. And some of that stuff in your other paragraph you sort of talk about. I, I think a lot of that, it's up to Pooja how she's going to play it, but I've sort of felt like she has a whole distrust cons- of corporations. Is it a conspiracy theory if you know it's true? Right. <laughs> just just because of how she gets Knowing is so, so subjective. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the, the interesting thing because... And, and there's always that wiggle room. Like, again, I think it gets back to that role. And you as a player know, okay, no, Stu gave me all the information because I know this role was good. Mm-hmm. Your characters don't know that. Your characters don't know anything about how successful the roles were. All they know is their friend looked for something. Maybe their friend missed something. Right. So there's always, like, a little bit of wiggle room for doubt, which I like fucking with people in play. Or sure. playing, so. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, a lot of this is... A game style choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 I can understand as a listener, it can be frustrating if we're all arguing over misinformation. And at that point, I think a GM needs to step in and go, okay, you guys are arguing about non facts. You guys each have part of it, but you haven't figured it out. And this is, these are the facts. Remember, there are only three of them in the area. Remember? Okay. But sometimes we all lose sight of what. What was actually happening? Get caught up in the moment. Oh sure. And then things kind of snowball and stuff. And then later on, you're like, "Wait a minute! I thought you said that there were only three. Like, well, I never said there were only three. I said there were three in the area. Like, oh, what? So it, we can get caught up in our own role play 
and and the GM is also brought along with it too. And so sometimes we can forget <laughs> the actual facts are. Right. And that's why I think it's important for for people sometimes to step up and go, "Didn't this happen? Right. Wait, wait, hold on a minute. Didn't this?" And maybe you know we have Sam's excessive note taking. It's wonderful to go back and go, "Oh no, no, no! It's right here. They right. said that." Now, in the, his second example, mm-hmm. that's an interesting question because the Exodus Foundation. Did you guys have the perception they're set up as like this safe home space? No. I mean, there are employers, right? Right. But so was <laughs> the you know diplomatic corps that I was employed with before when I got thrown out. Like, right. Who am I going to trust? Yeah. Exactly. Nobody. I'm going to trust me. I, I think specifically for this example, like I think it's really important for the the GM not to come in and be like. This is the thing you're supposed to trust, right? Yeah, because you're right. Yeah, because even if the, that is the GM's intent, which I don't know if that is your intent, like it's up to the players to t- decide who they trust. True. Like you shouldn't be coming in and being like, "This is who you're meant to trust. You should trust them." It's like, okay, but like, especially our characters in this game and the way Traveler's set up, so many of us are ex-Marines and ex-diplomats, and all of us have been burned by all these big organizations. Like, our characters, even if it's sort of like a trustworthy organization, we have a lot of reason to not trust any organization. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I feel like your character, Stork, is, like, specific with that. Like, like you have... You, I think, Stork like, rolled out of more uh, <laughs> more careers than any of us. You can say every. <laughs> All, the All the careers. Except that my, char- my character... That's a good goal for your next travel. My character's character. kind of a career military dude. He just wants to have orders and, and you know, and he, mm-hmm. he's getting free room and board and a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Without having to do too much. And a tiki bar. And a tiki bar. <laughs> <laughs> when the ship's hull doesn't get breached, he's over the tiki bar. Now, 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 when I originally made the organization, my assumption was that they're basically some do-gooders in a world that's got a lot of very apathetic, large organizations, either governments or corporations, that are more concerned with their own well-being and their own existence than they are with anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean they don't have an agenda. Uh, sure, mm-hmm, exactly. absolutely, yeah. Or and can't that, be corrupted or bought right. off or used. Or that individuals within the organization exactly. can't be sure. right. Now, now, strangely, he was talking about the fact that people, that the play, you guys, the players, were got getting real suspicious about it. But in our last session, mm-hmm. when it came to, oh, Spoilers. the shit, yeah, I'm, I, I'll be vague. Yeah. The shit hit the fan and something really serious is happening. You're running home to mama. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh no, we're nope. going, this had, no, we are going to the Access Foundation. GTFO. Yep. <laughs> Just above my pay grade. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think everybody said that at one point. Yeah. Above my pay grade. We gotta. <laughs> and I wonder if Pooja had been here, if that would have happened. I don't. Because she's the what person who's like most suspicious about oh, yeah. various kinds of organizations, mm-hmm. and she may for have. Good, been, let's keep this off the radar for now until yeah. we know what's going on. Yeah. But um, I think it's interesting, too, because, like, the other thing that they suggest is, like, you know, then you take it and you make it so Exodus isn't trustworthy. I don't think you have to do that as a GM. Like, you can have the players be suspicious and have the players be wrong. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like, you can still run it. Like, this is an up-and-up amazing organization, and the players can be distrusting of it, and that's an okay thing. And you don't have to then feed into it and be like, you were right the whole time. You can yes and without changing your narrative. Yeah. And I could totally see how a corporation... Let's say Exodus is the equivalent of Greenpeace. And I could see how that there might be a faction or a a Mm -hmm. shadow part or even just a whole cabinet in there that there might be... <coughs> Essentially, eco terrorists, right, right, and or that really like secretly loves whale meat, maybe yeah. <laughs> you know, eco terrorists or something, and, right? And they, what they're doing is much more fringe. So you, you're taking your orders from the from the 
the you know, I was watching Umbrella Academy. This kind of happens. Right. <laughs> you're taking orders from the from Exodus as a whole, but you don't really know the agenda of the, the person that's giving you those orders. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, you guys have a lot of autonomy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're. To, for them to send you a message is months away. Yeah, clearly, yeah. we don't have ansibles. Mm-hmm. R- right. <laughs> so you don't. So and and you you can't sit. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stay in orbit around this planet for the next two and a half months while we send a message, and they decide what to do and then send us another message back. No, that's not what they do, and that's not why they bring bring in the people they bring in. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you're you guys are the go getters, and you're the ones that are gonna you know kick ass and take names and do whatever it is you're going to do. We're gonna you know provide cover for you if we need to. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we don't have to. Yeah. But uh, I mean, as far as as whether the organization at some point might turn or something, I'm I'm a big fan of pulling the security blanket off of the player mm-hmm. characters once they get good and comfortable with it. Yeah. it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, it is. I also know you well enough too that <laughs> you have a distrust of major corporations as a person. So uh, you know, I have right. a feeling I might sneak into your. Uh, I've been your game I've been distrust of all large <laughs> all large organizations. Yeah. <laughs> and small organizations. Yeah, but I, I think. I mean, I, I go back to like the first D and D game I ran. You guys had um, the sort of mage who was one of the visors of the yeah. of the duke, and he was your, your sort of go to guy. Princess. And then Princess. I had him, I had him arrested. Yeah, you had to because we ended up. He was like our, we our were, pacifier. Yeah, he had like his little exclamation point above his head constantly. Right. Yeah, that's a WoW reference for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. That's a quest giver and everyone. Everyone runs back, back to the main city. Hey, hey we're, goes to the courtyard. Can you help us. We yeah. did it. Now what? Yeah. What's our next? What step? do we do now? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, and his third example, uh, <laughs> comments on military. That I don't know. We have to talk to Stork about <laughs> yes, that. Stork. I don't know. Yep. That my, the, the the main conceit of the, the sort of Im- third Imperium traveler setting is that you don't have faster than light communication. Yeah. You have to, and that kind of gives it a little bit of a feel of like the Age of Sail. Mm-hmm. What I think is really kind of one of the cool things about it. It's like science fiction pirates, which is That's awesome. very true. Yeah. I, uh, I'm guilty because I, I have read, um, Elizabeth Moon has a series called The Vata Wars, Vata Corporations, and it's very traveler-esque. Mm-hmm. And in it, Ansibles are invented, which, oh. which uh, basically is kind of like radar in World War II. But all of a sudden, they can, you know, we had this advantage, and it was sort of kept secret. Right. And mm-hmm. I may be projecting a bit onto that stu- into Stu's world mm-hmm. because it's the kind of thing I think that anybody in a in a in a science fiction world would be like, we need to be able to communicate faster than light. This whole mm-hmm. waiting for boats to arrive in system and dumping their mail is t- awful. So. Yeah, right. that's what there's you, a, there may be a bunch of baggage get. in my head on that one. It, it, <laughs> that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. you get, and that's what you, that, that's all you get. Yeah. You, I think that. Yeah, I mean, and you get the you go to war with the postal service you have, <laughs> not the postal service you wish you had. <laughs> there right? you go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm sure there's people working on it somewhere in the system, but I think I, I, that's one of my favorite things about it too, and. Um, I think it's also why a lot of us have really enjoyed playing games like in the 90s and the 80s and like earlier now. Like I'm loving my Wild West game right now because yeah, yeah. like good luck. Like there's no cell phones like we did in Moat all the time. Yeah. Go like, pony go. Yeah. I'm going right. to Google that on my phone right now. I'm sorry. We're in the we're in a sub right now, but it's fine. Like get all the information you want, text somebody. Uh, uh, there's going to be a strike force waiting for us on the beach. It's like, well, God damn it! <laughs> like, there, there's some frustrations with play, pay, with playing in settings where you have super easy communication. Oh sure. And I think this is a great um, solve for that for a high, for a, 
compared to us, a comparatively high-tech society that still has like a very realistic limitation on it that mm-hmm. really, I don't know, enriches the world to me. Or, I think so. Are you going to make universe? all your players uh, memorize the Morse code? Oh, I make my fourth graders do that. I don't make them memorize it, but they have the best time later when we're studying uh, like California history and stuff. We, we they do the they, I'm a dork. I'm sorry. Yeah, they write out letters and they have to translate. It's like their favorite thing to do all year is drawing all the stupid little dots and dashes. <laughs> their favorite thing, and they have to hand it to a friend and decode it. They love it. Sorry, I, I got I, I off learned, track. I learned some of foreign boy scouts. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. My grandfather, to the day he died, he was a. a uh, he was a yeah he's a well he's a radio man in World War Two. Mm-hmm. He could he'd go he could do Morse code. Okay, uh, but he could do Morse code in his head like his whole life. We'd go right. like we'd go places. We'd be like, okay, do that one. Like point at signs and he'd do them for us. It was very entertaining. <laughs> I, had, I had an art teacher in college who was the same thing. He was yeah. a radar guy on, on like a bomber. And occasionally he'd just walk around going da 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 da. He had this little bit da 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 dash da. Yeah, yeah. I looked at him one day. He's like, "Are you telling me to fuck off?" And he kind of looked, <laughs> and he walked away. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, that was a good email. All yeah. right. So, yeah. I mean, I think generally, just to, to sort of sum up, I think my philosophy is I'd would ra- I'd rather let the players have their wrong knowledge mm-hmm. until someone asks me. Yeah. I'd rather like if they get in an argument about something and someone looks at me and says, "Okay, wait, we had a role last week. Were there two of them or three of them? Mm-hmm. There were three of them." Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, and, but I'm going to wait until I get asked. I, I don't want to interject, especially when it's character to character interactions. Yeah, yeah. I think if we fall out of character and arguing out of character about the information, that yeah, that's different. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we were very in character, very like, at, like it was like an Im, it kind of Im, embattled like conversation. Right. But also like those can be. Like really fun, especially with someone that I know as well as Pooja. Like Stork and I have had some of those that are super entertaining, and they do add like a layer to the narrative because that made like when we made up later. Spoiler, sorry. um, Like now, there's like another layer of trust because like Mm -hmm. we we know we both are going to fight for what we believe in, and there's like there's like a bonding thing that can happen between characters there. So I kind of disagree. Actually, I think about players arguing over over miss. Remembered facts, mm-hmm. not on purpose, is is really counterintuitive. It's like we could spend a lot more time gaming rather than arguing over the fact that something that happened two weeks ago got misremembered. Right, but that's not what happened here, and that's what I'm sometimes saying. it has happened though. But yeah. yes, I guess in your specific example, you're right. It's it's a matter though of the GM stepping in, going, no, no, you're remembering this wrong, because otherwise you're going to spend an hour and a half arguing about stuff that didn't actually happen, and it's, it's wasting game time. I guess my concern is there are players. Who will? Who like my character has an IQ of eight? Yeah. No, there were two, and yeah. maybe they're doing it on purpose. And but I don't want to put them in the place where they have to break characters. Says no, no. I know there's there were three, but my yeah. character's dumb. But I feel like at that point, you've, that character <coughs> has done things in that vein already. You know to expect that from that character. I think if it's Probably. something that is new and clearly a, a miscommunication that you might want to correct, especially if it's going to cause just wheel spinning for the next three hours. Exactly. I I'm I'm of the mind that I would step in. Sooner rather than later, and say, "Are you? Are you, is this a character choice?" And they go, "What do you mean?" Okay, because you are misrepresenting the facts completely. I am. All right, we need to have a we need to have a come to Jesus moment here. Here's here's what happened. Because otherwise, it's a waste of everybody's time. Is it though? I mean, if it's interesting character interaction and it adds to the story. Well, as long as I guess as long as it's moving the plot, or not to the plot, the story forward, then it's fine. But the minute you cross that line into just wheel spinning. And three hours of arguing because I've been at those tables. Yeah. Then you're just 
it's exhausting for everybody involved. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess at that point is when you'd, like, use the X card if you were one of the other people at the table. If you weren't interested in it, you're like, hey, guys, like, this is getting old for me. Like, if this is in character, fine. If it's not, maybe we need to take a break and, like, step away from the table for a second. Um, Because I think, I don't know. Because I think I think some people really enjoy that dynamic, and if some people don't, then that's an important thing to know when sure. you're sitting down at the table too. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when mom and dad fought at home. I don't want to come <laughs> and play it again. I, and mom and dad fight too. Yeah, I, but I, you also have at times like yeah. been in a character yeah. where, where it was important to fight over things for you. So yeah. it's not necessarily like it can be hard for people at the table. Um, I, and I think I mean to be hundred percent honest, I think there's a thing when two women fight that people are more uncomfortable with. So I think sometimes, like like Pooja and I, could, like like is more upsetting for some people than some like like two men arguing over like the tactics of something. I don't know. That's not. I hope that's not our listener base. Right. But I mean, that's definitely a thing that's true. There's you know statistics on that in you know in media and like o- across the board right. and things like that. So I don't know. It's I kind actually, of an interesting thing. And I actually think it's more awkward if it's a man and a woman arguing because then it gets. I don't know. Well, then only one's right. (laughs) 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 And we're moving on. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Especially if I'm in the argument, it's always me. (laughs) Uh, So thank you, Steve from SoCal, for the email. Hopefully, the answer goes in. That was. Yeah. And I I threw it in because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I find this cogent. It it makes me really think about my GMing style. I'm going to respectfully disagree with Stu because I'm going to step in in a moment. So. But yeah, interesting. Reason but I now know it's Stu's games to ask more questions. Right. <laughs> Reason three hundred and forty-six an anti D and D email from Johnny who would oh, like to read this. No, I will read this. Go ahead because I have feelings. Oh God. Okay. It's all the feels. Reason number three hundred and forty-six D and D is total horseshit. Classes. Is there any way a game could better shit over my cool character idea <laughs> than the way D&D does classes? <laughs> In- That's a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Probably, but for the purpose of shitting on D&D, I'm going to blindly assume not. <laughs> it's like the characters don't... Tr- uh, the creators don't trust the intelligence of their players to make functional characters. Which, now that I think about that, is probably fair. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Play GURP someday and you're like, realize about, oh. about like six months in, you're like, I can't do anything. I've completely <laughs> built this character wrong. I mean, so, a, a 200-point accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, a man of generalist. I, I mean, he can math the well. shit out of stuff, but well, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's okay. So they have to railroad them into very specific versions of the class. Want your character to grow and change as you play through the story? D&D tells you to fuck off and play some hippie game. <laughs> Gotta get your character into uh, into our definition of the classes. Otherwise, the MMOers will get scared and confused. <laughs> I'm not a healer. It's what I do. It's all I know how to do. Don't, yeah. don't make me fight. We are, we are very easily confused, yeah. yeah. Um... But don't worry, every once in a while we'll let you pick a feat that will allow you to maybe do one of the many cool things you probably want to do. But what about multi-classing, I hear you half-heartedly cry. What about (laughs) multi-classing? And there was much rejoicing. (laughs) And they most certainly would have died had they not eaten Sir Robert's minstrels. Yes. So long as you're cool with being totally ineffective compared to the rest of your party, go right ahead. That's me. <laughs> because <laughs> we yeah, all know... Bard. <laughs> yes. Mm. He's a bard bard. Mm. He multi-classes into different instruments as a bard, so he's not as good at Multi-instrumental. Yes. Brass, woodwind, <laughs> string. No, no, I play the bass and the drum. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> so, 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 That's so, funny. So you're multiclassing and musician and what else for the dumb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Captured. Even that can be argued. Oh, so you're multiclassing into two dumb things? Yeah. <laughs> so long as you're cool with being told. Oh, I read that part already. Basically, we all know that every great game makes you choose between playing the character you want to play and playing a character that can actually do stuff. I guess I should ask a question. Do you prefer games with classes or games that give you the freedom to truly make your own character? Yours in mutual disdain for D&D, <laughs> Johnny. P.S. Don't worry. I know you'll say some nice stuff about D&D to placate the mess. Oh, wow. P.P.P.S. Oh, P.P.S. Drink. P.P.P.S. We're tangy day. Dude, that was last month. <clears throat> I think this email's probably... Okay. It might, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go. My first question is... Who hurt you? <laughs> Obviously, like, a D. Show me on the D twenty where D hurt you. Oh man! Um, because that's easy for Stork. This tone is yeah. very pointed. Yeah, I can show you. Um, I guess my first question to you would be: What kind of character do you want to play? Because D and D, yeah, there are archetypes, and you can build your character on fluff and story. Oh, don't give me that. Mm, you can do it. It's mm. possible, especially if you go into the splat books, especially if you want to go delve into the hell that is 3.5. There are ev- there's every kind of wizard and spellcaster you could ever want in 3.5. <coughs> millions of splat books. You can find what you're looking for. It's already built for you. Which begs the question, why not just build it yourself? So what do I do if I'm not playing 3.5? What do I do if I'm playing 5th edition? Fifth edition? And there's no splat books. That's great. Awesome <laughs> I'm happy for you. You made a good choice. Um, but there's no splat books. You don't need splat books. Just reflavor it. What? What is like? Give me an example of a character you want to build. And well, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I my headspace is really out of out of like f- fantasy right now. Because well. I'm not even like in in that space right now because I'm not running anything like that. Right. Off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. But I want to play. I mean, a how about- barbarian paladin. He is, he is a barbarian, and yet he's been touched by his god to be the paladin. How about a mage that wears plate mail? Yeah. And That's carries a sword, like Gandalf. Well, you have the Eldritch Knight. Uh-huh. And they're the mages? Wizard. Is that in five? Or that's, that's in five. Okay. Yeah. And you, you would have to take a feat to take, wear plate mail. That's what he says. But you don't get, when do you get feats? At fifth? You can, depending on your race, you can get a feat at first level. So you're so you're so restricted. But don't yeah, worry, so ev- everyone's while will let you pick a feat that will allow you to maybe do one of the many cool things you probably <laughs> right. want to do. See, I, I I generally prefer games where you you're you, there aren't archetypes built in mm-hmm. that people can make the characters they want. That's I mean I, I mean I cut my teeth on Gerbs. You make whatever you want. Here's here's the character books. Go. It may take you time. Because right. you're going to have to start from the ground up, and you better have a concept when you start out. Yeah. If you don't have a concept and you're just paging through the book, you're going to be there for weeks. And, and I think that's the that's the real point. Is that you want to play your concept, and sometimes in D and D, your concept right. doesn't fit well within any one class. And I think in certain genres too, I think that there's a lot of superiority to systems that don't have classes. Hero with its many foboils. Mm-hmm. When it comes to building a superhero, it's there great. is not a more it's great. A more flexible system. It's awesome. You can you can knock people wild, through walls. Wild talents, talents is pretty flexible, uh, yeah. but that's on the verge Same of being a hippie Same thing with mutant It's not. Yeah, it is. It's super crunchy. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's incredibly country. There's a lot of math in wild talents. If you if you build your rock and roll, if you build your character <laughs> off the menu, like you don't, you can skip some of the math, but you can create powers. Hippie games can be crunchy. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's not get into this one. By hippie yeah. games, it's like there are 
in Hero, for different kinds of powers,、mm-hmm. there's many different sort of die roll mechanics that can be applied to different powers depending on what those powers do. So, like, if it's a fire power, it's going to be all killing damage, or if it maybe if it's a you know a, an energy blast, maybe it's going to be a lot of stun、shock、and just a、damage. little. Br- like in Wild Talents, right? There's shark, shock and killing damage.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to increase. I'll, play, I'll run Wild Talents for you. In, the ability to just increase <laughs> your density by a thousand percent. Yeah, that's in Wild Talents. Is it okay?、Yeah. All right. Same thing in Mutant Masterminds.、Yeah. It's a blank slate. Yeah, I run it with a very but, hippie but game your, flavor. Your, but 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 the game relies almost exclusively on narrative to to do those things, though, right? It doesn't have to. I run it in a very narrative fashion. But no, you roll the dice, and like there's very specific like、um, like things to do if you want to, and that there's limits to how much you can expand yourself, and you have to roll certain amounts to do that. Sometimes、right. I, I could attest to that. I played it in Kimmy's Wild Tyler game, and I failed my roll, and I couldn't do anything. Right, <laughs> as narrative as she is, but、yeah. I still fuck up. But I mean, but it, but、like、it, power doesn't work. If power doesn't work, now I've never I've, I've only re- I've only read the book. Yeah, I've never played it. It's okay. But it seems like you re- you are relying a lot on narrative for the the. Minute differences between types of powers. It can be. It, it can also be run. I mean, it's, it's my.、Yeah. It's the same complaint I have about Savage Worlds.、Mm. It's Savage Worlds. I'm a fire mage. I'm a water mage. I'm an air mage. I'm an earth mage. I'm going to shoot some my, my my chosen my chosen element at someone and attack them with it.、Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the blast. And it doesn't matter what the fuck you are. It could be a psychic blast. It could be any kind of blast. Here are the game mechanics for the blast. That's not how Hero works. Oh, well, it, Hero it, has very whole different like realms of of ways that you can attack people.、Mm-hmm. Whether you're attacking them physically or、mm-hmm. you're attacking them psy- psychically,、mm-hmm. there's different. People have different defenses and things to those those sorts of things. There's different sorts of armor. There's hardened armor and there's levels of hard hardened armor. So you can make characters that are nearly indestructible. I'm not saying that that wild talents. Is as crunchy as Hero, right? Well, it's not. It's not, it's not. No, no, I get it. You can. Like, ha- I think you can as, have a lot of that stuff without specific, all the crunchy. As specific is a better、right. way of saying it.、Uh, Wild Towns has like the way electricity harms you is different than the way fire harms you, and that's、right. different than the way if someone like shoots you with a laser beam harms you. So、right. all these things have different、um, different damage on you.、Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the my favorite things about it is electricity actually grounds. So if you get shot in the arm with electricity, it. Damages all the way down into your foot into the ground. Right. So there's lots of cool like variations like that. Heroes definitely. So, so there's actually specific rules on the different kinds of damage and what. Yeah. What specifically happens to you numbers wise? Yes. The, absolutely.、Okay. All right. Just ask poor Starbucks. Oh man. But, <laughs> we, had to, we had to look up burn damage in our first game.、Right. Man, that, that was, was nasty. Harsh. We were like, <laughs> Samantha's like, oh yeah, I just throw some alcohol on him and, and set him on fire. We're like,、oh, okay, all right, page eighty four. Oh. oh no. Yeah, he doesn't. He's、yeah. not anymore. Like, she made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she made it weird. Like fast. Th- this isn't really supposed to be about、uh, no. Well, no. Hero and, my, and, I guess no. my. So you bring up. A good but he's、point. asking about the prep, whether you prefer classes or、mm. or to well, make you, your own. You bring、concept. up a good point as far as you know, hero having different dice you roll depending <laughs> on psionic or like、mm. how important is that to you versus the story you're telling. Like if you're playing a psionic wizard, or sure, let's let's、mm. go with a psionic blast wizard. How important is to have a different mechanic <coughs> than just reflavoring Witch Bolt to be a psionic blast? Yeah, I think it depends on what the mechanics are like. Because in some games, you are going to have to change the way things work, right? 
to you, you can't just say okay blast in this instance is fire well a fire blast should be worse maybe worse than a water blast right it's not you can't just reflavor it you need to change it it needs to be modified I don't actually know. actually yeah it does i mean unless unless you're playing a game that it is just pure narrative where the rules are just basically there to sort of guide the narrative and not provide any actual like conflict resolution then sure but uh, in but that's that's a, a minority of games at this point. But who's to say that a fire blast would do three d six points of damage because it's fire, mm-hmm. and say a water blast, basically a stream like a jet stream of water, like pummeling you, could also do three three d six points of damage. It could, it could, but the the amount of force going into making that happen is considerably more to move water at the but point it's where it's going to hurt you as much. Sure, it's magic, but. What is the underlying physics behind the magic, and and, and where is where is the your limit to your power? Because if you can summon this much water, why not just summon that much fire and make the fire one better? Don't they slice granite with like water jets? They can, yeah. sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I, I still we're, we're we're wandering off of the whole class thing, like because uh, I, I don't think we are. Yeah. This, this is exactly because I don't like classes. And I he does. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my conceit is that sometimes it's kind of fun having a boundary to play around in. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna make a barbarian. Or Conan, let's say, I could, I could, maybe I'll make my Conan, Conan the librarian. He's a very educated barbarian, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's kind of fun sometimes to play around within that little bubble right. that you the, are given. But the problem with that is if you give your Conan the librarian a higher inte- like intelligence or and wisdom and wisdom, like he ends up being less effective uh, as a barbarian. So now, that's the, that's what he's and, talking about. And that's about. where I was going with yeah. that, which is he says, "Well, you, do you think we're too stupid to make a character that wouldn't be good?" Yeah, I am. I will make a generalist every time. I'm I'm notorious at it. And and up with characters that are not very effective. You can't make either. generalists. If you make generalists in a in a, a class game like D anD D, you will make an ineffective character. Unless you play a ranger, which I do all the time, and they're generalists. Well, gen- gen- that's <laughs> that's kind of the generalist class. Yes. Mm-hmm. And but but my point is, you can make a generalist in GURPS or something like that, and still be effective. Yeah, I mean, you're still not going to be as good at, it, at at the individual things as the specialists are. Mm-hmm. But you're going to be usually generally be more effective than you are going to be making a making a multi class fighter cleric mage. Yeah, like travelers are a good example. Like where all of us are like okay in a lot of things, and we barely survive, but we're pretty effective for the right. setting. Um, but, well, that the, the other difference is in modern settings and in science fiction mm-hmm. settings, you have you have the advantage of technology. Yeah, right? you have you magic put a, in the. You put a rifle in someone's hand; they're more effective than. Right. There would be otherwise. Right, unless you like <laughs> have combat. fireball, and then you right. like fuck with everything. Right. I think my thing, and th- I am very comfortable with D anD D because I'm one of the MMO players that you talk about. Like to this day, I've been playing MMOs for way longer than I want to admit, like almost two decades. Um, but you know, so that there's that comfort level of stepping into something. But I think with D anD D, it like it's like that talent tree thing, which. And, uh, you know, when somebody's programmed a world and there's only so many possibilities, it's like, that's easier for me to accept in that environment. Like, okay, cool, I have leveled up, and now, oh, here are my three things I can pick on my talent tree. I get one plus one strength or dex or my mana. Okay, these are my choices. Fine. They, they have a finite 
you know, a number of resources that they can donate to every person. Right. When I'm one of four people at a table, like I want to be able to go out of that talent tree. And I've loved our D and D games. Like, like I some of the my favorite characters I've ever played are actually in D and D. But I always find it's in spite of the classes rather than because of the classes. That's well, that's a very good statement right there. For me, the way I build a D&D character is I come up with my concept first. Mm-hmm. I figure out who they are, what kind of character I want to play, mm-hmm. and then from there, look at the classes and build the character out of the classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That just makes the most sense to me. That's the way I build characters, and mm-hmm. that's the way it, it just I've done it for years. Um, I think that's why sometimes I struggle building characters and things like wild talents or mm-hmm. big like. I have, this is paralysis. Too many options. Too, ma- too many options. Well, that's why you have to definitely have to have a very clear uh, character concept. Well, I had a pretty clear character concept for Wild Wild Talents, and even then, I was like, I don't know what what points go where. Like, now that's that's just system unfamiliarity. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, a little bit, but also just it was decision paralysis. It was like I don't know mm-hmm. how many points I want to put in the powers, how many points right. I want to put in abilities and skills. It just it was a lot of it was a lot. So thank you, Jason, if you're watching, you are a lifesaver. Yeah, they're like, Kimmy. How can you only play MMO for for two decades when you're only 21? <laughs> uh, you're my favorite, Master Vitter. Thank you. You're my um, favorite. But no, I think keep lying. Keep lying. To me. You you use the class as a base, and then build the flavor around it. Right. It's that. I mean, and what I love about 5.0 is that it encourages that with your your um, background oh, and yeah. the different options you have for each class. It's not. Like it was in 3.0 or even 1 where you're a fighter, you take your turn, you hack and slash, and that's all you do. Sure. You have options now. You can differentiate and get more specific, which right. I really like. Yeah, yeah. they've yeah. definitely yeah. They're, they're basically people. moving towards a less class. Well, not system. less class, but more diversified. Flexible class. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I could certainly see. But then why don't just let go of yeah, the classes altogether and just let have, you make the character you want? Let it go, have, India. Yeah, because there's people who are, who are very comfortable with that. Like th- with that talent tree thing, like that's a that's a flavor, and like what I mean, they have sure. one of they have like the biggest property in gaming. Yeah, like like it's huge. Doesn't so, mean it's the best. No, absolutely. <laughs> but th- that I think that's why they're reticent to that, like completely abandon what oh, is sure. familiar and what has made them a shit fucking ton of money, mm-hmm. and s- continues to make more and more money as the hobby is expanding lately, thanks to streaming and podcasts and all these things. So. I don't know. Like, I can see why they don't want to get rid of it completely. Um, it does bother me that there's almost like a little bit of a paywall for it. To be honest, like you have to buy these splat books and stuff to be able to well, there are, multi-class out or whatever. Correct me the if I'm wrong. Want. There are no splat. Books. There are a couple. There's there's um, there's books where they have classes in them. Yeah. That I that, so. that that Watsy published. Starting to trickle out. Uh, yeah, Unearth Arcana, Sword Coast Adventures. Oh, they, and they have, there's actually new classes mm-hmm. in those. Okay, I wasn't aware yeah, of that. Yeah, I don't know if Ravinica does. Uh, I don't know if that sure. one. I haven't. I think Xanathar. I think Xanathar's guy yeah. has a couple classes in it. Yeah, I mean, and that's cool. Like, there's they, you know they've done that. Like the Eberron stuff has brought in a bunch of that. That's not necessarily specific to Five E, but mm-hmm. like like they bring in cool different flavors and different things. But it's all like it's it's like you have to. Like I buy the game. It's like it's the same thing I get annoyed with with MMOs. To be completely honest, it's like I bought this game. I'm paying my monthly subscription. Oh, or but if whatever. I want to go past this mountain range, yeah, I have to go buy another game. I have to go game. pay right. another game. So it's like okay, like they very much like I mean MMOs were modeled on D and D, and that that you know legacy is very 
very, very clear. Yeah, but it's also not restricted just to D&D. If you look at Fantasy Flight, yes, um, 100%. Star Wars, all the different eras have different classes. Because they're all based on D&D, too. <laughs> some of the, there's, there's, it's a double-edged sword with classes, because sometimes... I'm going to generalize here. Sometimes maybe within a less creative group, the paladin is always a self-righteous dick. The elf is always a dwarf-hating snob. Right. The mage is always mysterious and doesn't share. Uh, you end up with these tropes over and over and over again because that's all people know how to play, and that's because that's what they see in that class. They get they figure there's three choices within each class. Maybe I'm, I'm generalizing here. I'm just right. Bear with mm-hmm. me. And I can see how that just people just default to these. Tropes and and you don't and you're missing out on on what could be a really interesting character development thing if you have a more open ended game system where you're allowed to just pick and choose because it fits the way your character goes. Uh, I think it's it's fine because in many ways it, it keeps people focused. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord knows there's enough AD and D in the world that AD and D AD and D AD and D. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it is AD and D in reference to uh, D and D. I caught myself. Attention deficit and disorder. And disorder. Attention deficit and dragons. dragons disorder, yeah. Oh my god, that is so... As someone who has that, like, that is applicable. <laughs> and, um, and in many places I could see how classes can be really important. And, and I, I get the same problem that you do, which is, look at all these cool things I could do, I want to do them all. Yeah. Um, uh, and in the interest sometimes of just getting the game going, have some classes. Pick one, let's go. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, the real great worm in the chat room wants to point out he's like no new classes just oh, new class options yeah. so far I realized after I said yeah. that okay, yeah. right. the artificer will be the first real new class and they're still tinkering with it so mm-hmm. they are looking to add more classes because yeah. I mean when 4th edition there were like 2 or 3 players handbooks with yeah. like 5 or 6 classes each and yeah. and races yeah and I mean the, the amount of choices that existed for characters started to get big enough where it's like at some point it sto- almost stops being a class system because mm-hmm. there's just so many of them. Well, it ran in the 3.5 issue where there were so many splat books. And like, 8,000 yeah, like, feet. Why do I need a difference between a Geomancer and like, just reflavor it. Reflavor it. <laughs> it's okay to reflavor it. It's not law. Mm-hmm. 4.0 had the same thing too. But and see, if you're playing a different kind of class, you want to have different stuff. Not necessarily. Well, that's, but then why, why have different classes? Well, because there's a lot of people out there that are absolute rule followers, and right. they want to make sure that that's within but the you, boundaries. I mean, you, do, if, you, if you make a, a, a cleric or a mage, and they both have magic, you want their magic to be different. Yeah. Well, yes. Right? You want the, the I mean, mage... Some people can But yeah, I do, and you do. An example would be, why do we need both a fighter class and a samurai class? Why can't your fighter be a samurai? Because samurais use katanas and their magic. Yeah. They can cut through. They have different rules, man. Everything. We can't just reflavor a long sword. No, 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 no katanas. Now you're breaking it. Katanas. katanas Superior kill weapon. Oh yeah, rump. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we should move on. <laughs> we're, we're fucking with you. I know. <laughs> but, but we love but, you, Joey. But some people, but yes, it's fine. But it's fine. I mean, we're if you don't want to be wrong, that's fine. <laughs> we're using that as an example because some people really do think that way, and, and yeah, it, it is. It's really funny. The rule followers. They're like, but you can't do that. You're a you're a mage. You can't actually use a sword. No, no, that's that so like, you're, I mean, you're breaking the rules. For instance, I just, I just thought if I wanted to make a character, it's like I'm going to make an elemental mage. Mm-hmm. All he does is earth and fire. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's mm-hmm. all he does: earth and fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, can I make that in D and D? Absolutely, you and can. I, I'm going to be able to pick all the, the spells I want. You might have to work with your DM and reflavor some yeah. spells. Oh, we're going to so have to rewrite the spell book. <laughs> Not rewrite the spell no. book. Homebrew. Homebrew, Sue. That's the term. Oh, right. so, so web isn't web. It's actually roots mm. now. Ugh. 
Right. Well, there's also spells that are already like that. Entangling right. vine. Yeah. yeah, that is. Right. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So, Earth, wind, uh. and fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get it. Thank you very much there, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Happy we can go on that. that might actually yeah. be a topic. That's an interesting That's a long one, yeah. I will, I will, I like talk. I will die on that hill. <laughs> I like that. Getting players to learn the rules from Craig. Oh, oops. Stork should not read that email. Nope. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> Stork does not have No, I can read it. I just I won't say comment it lovingly. on it. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes. Uh, it's a good point. <laughs> I should probably learn the rules. Greetings, crew. A quick question for discussion that I'll keep brief because otherwise it'll turn into a rant. How do you get players to actually learn the system, what their characters' abilities are? I'm running a D&D 5e game for a group of new players, and I'm doing my best to encourage good habits, but it feels like I'm hitting a brick wall with getting them to write down what their character can actually do. I realize as new players there's a lot to learn, but suggesting put together a page listing your racial class abilities and me putting a cheat sheet onto the front panel of my GM screen doesn't seem to be doing the trick. Well, uh, I'm, I'm out of ideas, because that's all right. I want to say. <laughs> Given I've, commi- I've commented on players in the, H, uh, or in the Happy Jacks APs not being able to remember basic roles, is it just me? Am I being that guy? Or is it reasonable to expect players to learn at least the basic mechanics? Craig, Voodoo. You're not uh, being unreasonable. No, yeah, I don't no. think so at all. I mean, the, the sheet you were describing is their character sheet. Mm-hmm. It's, it should be there. Yeah. Or if you need extra information, because I know when I um, guessed it on Dragon Heist, mm-hmm. I had a cheat sheet with all my spells broken down on it, so I had right. to flip through the book. Like, Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I did the same thing when I was playing uh, Shigenja in L5R. I printed out each individual spell, because those things are like three paragraphs. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's a wordy thing. fucking yeah. book. I'll usually do that. I'll make my own little spell book for if I'm playing a caster, so I don't have to right. flip through the pages and, well, what does that mean? And abbreviate where I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else you can do. I, like, I, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him learn the rules. I think you can lead a horse to culture, <laughs> but you can't make him think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Some of the smartest women I know are have worked in the Look, sex industry, I'm just going to say. I'm, I'm just going to say that. That was, that was Dorothy Parker, by the way. Okay. Not me. I don't know who that is. But She's one of the wittiest women. Someone who was alive life. before you were born. Oh, okay. <laughs> go, go type in. I'm only 21, guys. Master Bitter said yeah. it in the chat room. Me too, Kimmy. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Go, go, look up Dor- go look up Dorothy. <laughs> she had a very interesting life. Um, and I completely derailed what I was going to say. Uh, okay. Which is probably just going to be pedantic anyway. I mean, I think... I mean, like, it's it's hard sometimes for me because I, generally we play so many systems at a time. Mm-hmm. And you'd think it was super easy, but yeah. at the end of the day, after you've been at a full day of work and, you know, and suddenly you're, like, trying to do all these other things and people are watching you, it's really easy to kind of go blank on something, even if you've done it a million times. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're not necessarily the best, like study example of like and, and players full, should know rules and full confession clearly these things fall out of my head these days because and Bill called us out mm-hmm. uh, on on uh, privately uh, when we were doing our Traveler game I didn't bother to look at the rules I've run Traveler I've played Traveler a lot I figured out I'll just character gen I got this down and I was shocked at how much I had forgotten got wrong, and yeah. flubbed. Mm-hmm. And Pooja, who was brand new to it, was like uh, actually us. And it was embarrassing. She's so good at the But also just, mm-hmm. just uh, it was an eye-opener to me. Like, maybe I should, uh, you know, mm-hmm. dust this off. It's, it's the she has a young singing. brain that can still absorb information. It's not <laughs> bouncing off yet. It's the equivalent <laughs> of like writing a song, but you haven't done it in five years. You're like, oh, I wrote this. I know how to do it. And then suddenly the song comes up. You're oh, like... 
Oh my god, I don't, don't know remember. what you're talking about. I have no idea, no idea what the words are. Like, how do you not know the words? You wrote yeah. this. And I think it behooves all of us to think about that. Yeah. Because especially, as you say, we're playing all these different rules sets. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they... Yeah. And, and if you're only playing sporadically, like, even playing every other week, I think I finally got a hold of the rules for Savage Worlds and Spanish Ghost, the final episode. And yeah. it was right. one or two rolls, so I'm like, so what am I rolling? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's... You know, it's especially if you if you're built in a system like if you know a system really well and you're trying to branch out. Right. right. You're kind of working counterintuitive to what you're used to. Well, and if you feel like people are watching, like, like we've done, I've done it before where I think I know a rule and I just go with it rather than asking, and like people call you out later. So sometimes if I'm even just a little unsure, like I, I says this on my character sheet, like I'm like I'm still gonna ask just in case. Right. Because I'd rather ask and do it the correct way than just go with it and like do it wrong. Exactly. And you don't want to um, stop character Jen for twenty minutes looking up no. one paragraph in a and, and, five and, and I, I don't like stopping games to look up rules. Right. Unless it's unless it's a matter of life and death. Yeah. It's like figure out what you want to do, and we'll just kind of but half-ass still, it for now, and then figure it out after the. It still would uh, behoove the characters to know the rules, so that every place. time it comes to their turn, they're like, "No, what do I do?" Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, sit down with them and tell them, like, "Hey, as your GM, this is getting frustrating to me. Like, mm-hmm. I keep, you know, I've got, I've done this for you, I've done this for you. At this point, it just seems like you're not caring, and like, have that conversation with them. Like, some of them might, like me, might be like, "Look, I have ADD, and it's super right. hard sometimes for me to remember." minute details. I can tell you the backstory of Middle Earth, but I can't remember. In Elvish. In, in Elvish. I mean, you know I what? used to be able to do it in Elvish, but... You know, he needs to cut them some slack, because these are brand new players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other and thing. And the thing is, can you imagine grabbing the player's handbook, having never played a role-playing game in your life, having never been exposed to it before? That's fair. You pick mm-hmm. the book up, and you start reading through it. You don't even know what you're reading and what you're, what you're looking at. I mean, mm-hmm. with us... It's like, oh, I need to know how the combat system works. Index. Combat system. You, you know, because you've played so many games before, armor. what to look... I, I need to see how armor works, or I need to see how damage works, or what's my role to hit, and stuff like that. And you know that the, the, there's you know basic things that exist in every role-playing game that we know... We, we may not know the specifics of the mechanic, but we just can use the book as a reference yeah. right. and say, oh, yeah, in this game, you're going to roll a d20 and you have a target number of this. Mm-hmm. right? Or you're going to need to Those roll... Those words right there are endemic to the game thing. Now, if somebody who's never a game before doesn't know what target number is... And that, that's going to sound like gym, gibberish to yeah. them. It's like, oh, it that, oh, this is a d10 dice pool. You're going to add what? your stat and your skill. Yeah. Huh? I can't be any more clear. Right. So, so what do you need to do? You're going to hand them like the 500 page vampire book and say, "Well, just come on, learn the rules." Mm. <laughs> I mean, That's it's true. tough. It's tough. I think he. Sh- I think. I. I think at this point they're overwhelmed with the idea of even creating a cheat sheet for their characters because they're not really sure what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And maybe he should sit down with them one on one and say, "I'm going to help you make a." a Here's what your character can do. Yeah. Here, here's the because they have they don't call them feats. They have other things that character classes have mm-hmm. in fifth edition. Um, you know, what I'm, you know, what I'm I know. About. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like certain class cer- abilities. Class and, abilities, mm-hmm. right? So it's like here's your class abilities. Write all these down. This is what these words mean mm-hmm. in this context of role playing games. Mm-hmm. And then if you've got a spellcaster, here's the spells you have. Let's make a photocopy or print out a PDF. D&D and PDFs. Nah. But, you know, print out or photocopy and cut and paste the, the text for each of the spells mm-hmm. so you can look at them. Because mm-hmm. they may not even, they may be too overwhelmed to even be able to make the cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, especially new players. When, That's, I do, yeah. when, I, when I do Savage Worlds at the cons, I have a player mat. 
mm-hmm. that I found on the internet. Right. And it basically gives you all the dice, and mm-hmm. it gives you a quick listing. And oftentimes, I, I have I did that because there's people that have never played the system. Mm-hmm. Maybe less so now, but at the time. Right. And when they would ask, I, I don't know what to do. I still use that. Like, I've played the system right. many times, and I still right. use that mat every so, time I play. So what I would say is, they're like, well, what do I do? It's like, well, it's on your mat. Oh, and remind them, mm-hmm. and then eventually they get in the habit of looking at it, and then all those words will eventually start making sense. It's... Depending on the system, I mean, I think I made player mats for L5R, and mm-hmm. it's a little more complicated. There was a lot of gobbledygook there, but trying to find those player aids so it's right there in front of them, and they have no excuse not to look at it, and then reminding them to look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, at I some, think that's the at key. some point, you take the training wheels off and say, we've gone through combat a couple of times. It's all right there on that player mat, so look at it and tell me how you want to do this. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, a little, little tough love, and I think they'll pick it up. But you need to, to give them the tools, because you're absolutely right. We take granted, we don't even know that we're saying things that mm-hmm. nobody would know about. It is gobbledygook. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even start making cheat sheets for games until I'd been playing role-playing games for probably 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you if you handed me GURPS in 1985 or whenever it is I picked it, p- first picked up the system, I wouldn't have been able to do a cheat sheet because we were playing half the shit wrong anyway. Right. And, and it's like, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there reading, like, oh, we've been doing damage wrong. You know, and you and, don't know what's important. You're like, well, I should probably put in a... a, a, a uh, personality attacks, and right. I should probably put in psychic attacks, and I should probably put in, uh, yeah. and then you end up with a sheet that's you know and eight the, pages long. That's not a cheat. The sheet. more different games that you've played, there's a, there's almost a skill to learning systems, mm-hmm. and yes. and 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 that takes a long time to to do. I mean, I mean now I can go through a game and skim through it and get a fairly reasonable idea how the game mechanics are going to work. Mm-hmm. An, an unfamiliar game, yeah. but I mean. If it's organized well, there's there have been books where it's like I need to know how damage works. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've looked at every page. I can't find where damage is. <laughs> <laughs> it's in here. It has to be here somewhere. Traveler Five. Oh my god. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Traveler Five is almost like it's like like a, a it's like a game that's designed for people who are used to playing a different game every week, mm. <laughs> or or just people that are completely caught up in the buzzwords of games because it is just chock full of oh, all yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a dense gamer book for gamers. Mm-hmm. It's a gamer book written by a gamer for gamers. But not really for gamers. <laughs> I know for me, I, I can read a book left, right, sideways, up, and, like, and I'll get a, a brief concept of the game, but until I actually sit at the table, oh, yeah. roll the dice, I need that. I'm a kinetic learner. I need to actually see it in action. Yeah, so maybe something that you can do for your players, if they're still new... Is run a couple scrimmages with them, mm-hmm. small like mini sessions mm-hmm. where they get familiar with the game, they get familiar with their character, yeah. which is also the reason why I don't like starting D anD D at like tenth level uh, off the bat, like because mm-hmm. they have this level ten character. Like I don't know how any of these spells work, and right. I don't know like how. And you're this... gonna forget which feats you have that might exactly. affect things. Yeah. So like that's why I, I don't. I will do it, but I don't really care for it. Yeah, um, I do the personally. same thing with wild talents. Like I don't even bother to tell people how combat works okay. until we get into our first. Like our first basic combat or or contested role, and it's so different than every other role playing game uh-huh. combat system. Yeah, well, it tells you, you have to yes. show it. Yeah, you, you have yeah. to show it. You you had a point. No, so. I'm, I'm just saying, like, do small scrimmages, do like little mini sessions with them, so they can get familiar with their character, familiar with the rules, and then like even if it has to be completely outside your story arc. Just so, like, just take one of your sessions and have them do that, and it might help them learn it better. Remember, in EverQuest, I spent a lot of time killing rats. Yeah, right. Just so I could learn how the like how the interface works, Absolutely. and that's really kind of what it is. It's like you need to give your players a chance to learn how the interface works. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, low stakes stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you can we can learn how the how the game's going to work. Have mm-hmm. them fight. Yeah, have them fight giant rats. Yeah, and you have to and and 
like again, I'm going to bring in like teacher stuff and as like something that I said earlier, like if people are asking questions, you don't assume it's laziness. Right. Like they, it's them wanting to get it right and see the good intent with that, mm-hmm. um, and and just try and be patient with that. And I, like, it's, uh, people are asking for you to po- post um, on the forum or something, stu- or stork your your Savage Worlds thing and stuff, and your L five R thing. I'll, I'll find yeah. it again. Because um, yeah, those are super helpful tools. But as frustrating as it gets, like here, here <laughs> here's the opposite end yourself. of that too, which is. Sometimes people are afraid to ask questions. Yeah. And so you, you don't assume that they understand what's going on because they're not they're asking. They're not asking. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. A lot of times people are embarrassed to raise their hand and say, I don't know, I know we've done combat ten times and I still don't understand it. Yeah. Nobody's gonna, nobody is going to ask you I that. Hoodoo's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's that's been true. a gamer for a long time, yeah. presumably, and has played probably a lot of different systems. No, no, they're 21. Right. And. But has gotten has gotten to the, gotten to the point where it's like where it's routine to learn a new game. Yeah. So you got to kind of step back from that and realize if you're dealing with brand new players who've never played a role playing game before, you Only hand them play a, one of one flavor. Right. I mean, there's a reason they made yeah. the D and D the little box at the starters edition or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. There's a reason they made that, and the rule book in the thing is like thirty pages thick. It's mm-hmm. like. They're gonna. Here's the rules you need for now. Here's the characters that we've provided you. Love Gerp's like for that, right? Yeah. Same yeah. thing. I mean, and there's a lot of games that do that. It, it's it's an even Hero did that. We forget. We we spew this gobbledygook, and we're we're telling it to you, and we don't even think twice about it. We say things like AC, and sometimes we don't even say what the actual word is. Yeah, we but still it, fuck it up, and we're doing people this coming in listening to this. It's just they're like, what, what the hell? We have a guy in our band that has never gamed in our life, and he. We were talking about stuff, and he walked over to somebody else who does sports, and he goes, they're over there having a conversation. I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't even know what the words are using. <laughs> and, and I laughed, but you know what? That is an actual thing. Yeah. They're, they're, if you don't, if you're not even exposed a little bit to this. It's a language. Know. It's completely it different it language. Is. Mm-hmm. It is. Absolutely. So don't, uh, don't underestimate how, how complicated that is. Yeah. And, if one and intimidating. Pers- yeah. And if one person's asking the question, you can guarantee someone else at the table mm-hmm. it has the same question. Is relieved that someone else yes. asked. Somebody else is brave enough to ask. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Now you can get frustrated if someone asks the question and the next person asks the same question. Then you can right, get frustrated. The, yeah, at the same table in the same mm-hmm. session. Yeah. And then what you can do is you can do my thing where I'm like, all right, um, can uh, Phil, you just asked that question. Could you please answer that question for Jim? <laughs> All right. Thank you for helping. When, All right. Good helpers. When I'm at work and I'm having to lead a, a, a section or something, it's, long story short, uh, I, I will oftentimes over-explain things. And I say to them, forgive me if I'm being pedantic. Yeah. Uh, but this is how I want it done. I'll show it to you and all this. If you have any questions, let me know. And what I do is I want to give them the freedom to ask questions or at least tell me, oh, no, no, don't worry. No, no, you're not being pedantic. It's fine. Because I would rather over-explain it. Hmm. Oh, sure. Then have it done then, wrong and have to do it again. Right. And then not yes. have them understand because they're too proud to ask or, yeah. or to show me. So I oftentimes will overdo it, and 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 it gives them the out. But when I say things like, "Excuse me if I'm being pedantic," I just want to be clear, yeah. and then explain it to them again. And, and there's no malice involved. It's simply yeah. a matter of tr- me trying to be clear because I understand that sometimes things get forgotten, get lost, yep. and, try, and it's it's a it's a neat trick to let your players know rather than getting frustrated at them mm-hmm. and let it because it, it, it can happen. You know, give them the opportunity to. Uh, to say no, no, no. It's okay. Explain it to us again. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. Okay. No, no. no. I think so. And I think it's interesting that we have so many emails about memory in this particular. Right. Yeah. It's it, it, it always that. just happens, yeah. it, and it's not intentional. I've forgotten how many emails we got. <laughs> oh, uh, should we end with a song? 
Since it, we got three bargains. What, live right now? Right here? Do it. Yeah, no, well, right uh, let me close the show and then we'll do it. Okay. Yeah, I can't be fucking tape on it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for season twenty-four, episode two of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Stork. I'm Joey. And don't forget tomorrow, seven p.m. Pacific time at the Queen Mary. Come and see us. Twenty-five dollars at the door. QueenMary.com for information. And also, um, we have games next week. And we'll see you next Friday at yep. seven p.m. Pacific time. HappyJacks.org/live. Thank you very much. We'll leave yes. the song. Say bye. Bye. Are we gonna? If we're gonna sing? Yeah, we'll sing a song. Dungeons and dragons. Hero has find the fatal savage lands. Evil plus really is serving. Though we could do with less burping. Happy Jack's podcast will be. That's Are we ready? Mm-hmm. It's an E, isn't it? It's not mm-hmm. F, it's an E, isn't it? Of all the birds that ever I see. Is that good? Yeah. That, does that sound fine? Mm-hmm. Of all the birds that ever I see. Yeah? yeah. Too high? Fair enough, let's try it. Mm. One, two, dun, 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 dun. Of all the birds that ever I see, the owl is the fairest in her degree. For all the day long she sits in a tree, and when the night comes away flies she. To wit, to woo, to whom drinks house her knave to thee. This song is well sung, and I make you a vow that he is a knave that drinketh now. Nose, nose, jolly red nose, and what gave thee thy jolly red nose? Cinnamon and ginger, nutmeg and cloves, and that gave thee my jolly Red nose. I care for no fool whose purse is not full, but he that hath money I never find dull. And if he still has it, when hence he doth go, I'll trample my tankard and never drink more. A rack, a roo, to whom drinks house her knave to thee. This song is well sung, and I make you a vow that he is a knave that drinketh now. Nose, nose, jolly red nose, and what gave thee thy jolly red nose? Cinnamon and ginger, nutmeg and cloves, and that gave me my jolly red nose. I'll not have a woman who's never been tried but give me a wanton to lie by my side and this I do use as a rule of my life that wanton is best use another man's wife cuckoo cuckoo to whom drinks out her knave to thee this song is well sung and I make you a vow that he is a knave that drinketh now nose nose jolly red nose and what gave thee thy jolly red nose cinnamon and ginger nutmeg and cloves and that gave me my jolly red nose 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 jolly red nose and what gave thee thy jolly red nose? Cinnamon and ginger, nutmeg and cloves, and that gave thee my jolly red nose. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. Not down to these men are nihilists. There's nothing to be afraid of. Why problem make when you no problem have, you don't want to make? <laughs>